Hello, welcome to episode two of the Popcast, the new pop culture podcast from Vernacular. I'm your host, Maureen Goldman. Each week, we will dive into the latest in pop culture to bring you up to speed with what's going on in the world of entertainment. Each episode is broken into three segments. First, the snack bag, where we cover some of the highlights in pop culture from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in-depth into one particular pop culture story or event. And finally, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed but should definitely check out. If you're with us for the first time, welcome. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Josh. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So we're recording the podcast on Wednesday night. I think it's going to come out on Friday. The reason I wanted to record the podcast tonight was because Maureen has been sick since we, pretty much since we recorded the last episode, our, our first episode. She got sick the very next night and has been sick until about yesterday or really this morning. And I'm really worried that I'm going to get sick too. So I think we're sort of in like the eye of the storm almost. And I wanted to record it when we're both actually feeling healthy. Yeah. It's been a really rough couple of days of Josh taking care of the baby and me and everything. And I have been under the weather with the worst case of strep ever known to mankind. So I'm really grateful for the shots of antibiotics I finally received, and 48 hours after that, I'm finally starting to feel better, and I just ate my first normal meal in days. Maureen was right in the middle of her illness, and we were about to eat dinner one night. I want you to tell this, because we were going to watch a TV show. Oh my gosh. Okay, so there is one particular show that we watch together consistently, and that show is Beat Bobby Flay on Food Network. And this is our favorite thing to watch. So Caleb will go to bed and then we will make dinner for ourselves and we'll plop down on the couch and be like, BBF time, BBF. Like get get on Beat Bobby Flay. Yeah, because it's only 20 minutes. It's really easy to consume. It's the same format every episode. And it's so goofy. It's so goofy. And we love Bobby. Um, So anyway, we sit down and this was Sunday night and we sit down to dinner And I was really not feeling well. I was starting to feel nauseous at this point. And we sit down. And I think I was eating, like, broth of some kind or, like, I mean, something, like, very basic. We got through about a minute of the show. And Maureen (laughs) Maureen just says, nope, nope, not going to happen. Turn it off. Turn it off. So we haven't finished that episode yet. But, yes. What was their first ingredient? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was some sort of seafood. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. It was smoked salmon. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So they the first, the chefs come out and they have to compete against each other before they compete against Bobby Flay to try to beat him, if you've never seen the show. And so Bobby gives them we an ingredient. We highly recommend the show, oh, yeah, by the way. Definitely. Just not if you are in the midst of strep that may also involve stomach flu. Yeah. So Bobby gave them smoked salmon as their first ingredient and Maureen saw that and said nope nope we're gonna move on from that so anyway tonight we are recording our show because both of us feel healthy and on the off chance knock on wood that I get sick this will be finished before then you're not gonna get sick honey immune system of steel okay so should we jump into the snack bag for tonight let's do it okay so Josh I'm gonna ask you to kick off this first one because As you will soon find out, we have dissenting opinions on this first topic. So, Josh, tell us about this theory. Okay, so 
If you don't know, we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of the release of Grease, which has become a cult classic. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, you definitely have to see it. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. It's great. But there's this theory that's been going around. I think it first originated on Reddit a couple of years ago that fans are pushing out there saying that what if throughout the entire movie, Sandy who is the main, one of the main characters, what if she is actually dead the whole time during the movie? And the, 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 the fans who think this theory point to a line in one of the first songs. What's the line? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the line is in the first song, something Summer like, Nights, where I saved her life, she nearly drowned, or something oh yeah, like that. Yeah. So, so John Travolta's character, Danny, says, I saved her life, she nearly drowned. Now, some of the fans posit that she actually did drown this is such a dark theory by the way this this theory i mean greece is is just a super light movie we could get into the gender politics of it later which we won't hear but i mean it's supposed to be fun and there's this like super dark theory that sandy actually died when she met john travolta's character danny on the beach and that the whole movie is just like her moving into the afterlife and also supported by this idea that at the end of the movie, Danny and Sandy fly off into the sky in a car. So, okay. So Maureen, (laughs) I think the theory is kind of cool. I think it's kind of funny and it's fun too. And John Travolta, the reason it came back up is because, because it's the 40th anniversary, John Travolta was asked about it and he said, yeah, it's fun. I like the fans imagination. Okay, Maureen, you now give your take on this theory. Well, so we were preparing for the podcast this week, and Josh was telling me about this theory, and I think this theory is straight up baloney. Like, I can't, I'm very familiar with the movie, love it, very familiar with the musical. I just can't with this theory. It's a lyric and a song. Also, if you've seen the movie, when they're on the beach in the beginning, I think it's like they're making reference to From Here to Eternity, when there's the scene where they're making out in the beach. I mean, in order for her to drown in that water, Danny would have to hold her head in the sand. <laughs> I mean, it would be murder. It's getting it darker. Be- <laughs> it's getting darker. So it's you're saying not, I don't buy it for a second. I just think it's it's supposed to be a like lighthearted musical. I don't think she's dead. So your new theory is that Danny murdered Sandy. Maybe that's why John Travolta's like, oh, huh, interesting theory. No, I don't think that happened. Well, I'm just saying not- it's not very likely that she would have drowned in the inch and a half surf. You're not taking into account the potential of a riptide pulling her in. From the sand? Well, you never no. know. Are you a scientist? <laughs> so clearly we have uh, descending opinions but, on this. But... Okay, how do you explain the flying car at the end? What is that? The rest of the movie is pretty grounded in reality. No, other it's than not. The, other Hello, than the angels? Hello. Oh, I forgot about that the part. The whole, like, the, 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 what is that song with Frenchie and the... Um, oh yeah, beauty school dropout and Frankie Valley isn't that, isn't that Frankie Valley who's there? I don't know why it just said Greece was grounded, grounded in, in reality. reality. It's a funny, goofy movie, and the car flies at the end because why the heck not? It just not? does. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, we have descending opinions about that, but anyway, we will move on. We just thought that was fun uh, since that was in the news last week. Okay, our second snack bag topic. If you haven't heard, Pixar just released the. Next installment of the Incredibles franchise last weekend, and the Incredibles number two made $180 million in its opening weekend, which was $40 million more than it was projected to make. That's so I think, amazing. yeah, so I think that you know, people projecting this thought that it was going to be popular, and it certainly was, and it 
shattered expectations. So obviously this is another Pixar hit. Pixar can't seem to miss. Even the movies that don't critically do well, I think like the Cars movies. I haven't seen the Cars movies. The first one is not great. None I haven't of them seen look great. I haven't seen the lie. other one. But even those that aren't critically acclaimed. Well, kids love them. Right. And they sell a ton of merchandise. Yeah. So this is another Pixar hit and this movie is actually the biggest PG opening of all time. It just beat out the live action Beauty and the Beast, which Thank came out goodness. last year. Oh my god! Yeah, which is not great. We, I don't know. We could talk about that later. We, I didn't well, love it. We can it. talk about it now. It wasn't good. Um, <laughs> see the cartoon, the original Disney classic, and just move on with your life. Yeah, okay. leave it at that. Uh, so, the the one of the things that I read about this that I thought was really interesting was that. Part of the reason that it did so well was because it was rated PG, and so it appealed to both parents and their kids, but also people who maybe saw the original one in 2004 and then thought, I'd like to see the sequel. Has it been since 2004? 2004, 14 years. So it's pretty amazing that a sequel with a 14-year gap did so well. Did you see the first one? Yeah. I never did. You've did never seen The Incredibles? No, I'm guessing this is getting added to our Friday night pizza and movie list. Yes, so we will be watching The Incredibles. I think I have it, actually, on DVD, if we can find those. Yeah, we don't watch those anymore. Yeah, they're in a box in our storage unit. But, yeah, so I think that it appealed to both people who'd seen the original, and maybe there was some nostalgia factor, but also parents and their kids. And I also read that this is the first real family movie that's come out since Peter Rabbit, which was back in February. Oof. So. Which also didn't look good. Yeah. And and also, you know, people were saying it's a superhero movie, even though it's animated. Superhero movies are kind of hot right now with the Marvel universe, so... Well, I'm excited to see it. Let's add it to our list. Okay. Give them some more money. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we will see Incredibles 2, and we'll report back after Maureen sees Incredibles 1. Yeah, wow. I have both to see. I can't believe you've never I'm seen excited. that. I'm excited. Okay. So our third snack bag topic of the week, Jay-Z and Beyonce the married power couple has released an album together. And this is in the midst of their joint tour together. And I think the album release was kind of a surprise. This album together, the, the, the reason there's been so much buzz about it is because obviously these are two huge superstars. They filmed their first music video for the album in the Louvre. So they rented out the Louvre. Well, I bet their music videos are going to be spectacular. Yeah, but the whole thing is that, you know, Jay-Z has admitted to having cheated on Beyonce with multiple women. And so she released an album that sort of addressed this called Lemonade. He released an album last year called 444 that addressed this. And now people are saying this is sort of like the final chapter in a trilogy, sort of addressing this whole idea of infidelity and Another, the fact is this that they're, they're coming back together. Yeah, that they're they're expressing that they're committed to each other. So I thought that was actually kind of cool. I haven't listened to the album yet, but it's gotten a lot of buzz, and I thought it was worth mentioning. Cool. Okay, Maureen, our last snack bag topic. This is something you added to the the list this week, so I'd like you to intro it, and then we'll go from there. I could not be more excited to intro this. Uh, as a longtime Bachelor franchise watcher, so The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, the only one I ever missed was Bachelor Pad. I even watched... Bachelor Winter Games this year, which was so atrocious. I just couldn't stop watching it. It's embarrassing that Maureen likely chose that over the Winter Olympics. No, I DVR'd Bachelor Winter Games and I watched it all later. All right, fair. But some of it was more entertaining than the Olympics. I'm sorry. It just was. 
So I'm very proud to report that Jared Hybon and Ashley Iaconetti are engaged. And for those of you who don't know or care about the Bachelor personalities, these are two people who basically... Ashley was the girl who was always crying and alone and no one ever liked her. And she was very dramatic and very over the top. And she decided on Bachelor in Paradise that she wanted to date Jared. This was like three years ago. And many times Jared was like, no, I'm not into you. No, I'm not into you. Let's be friends. I'm not into you. And it would proceed with her crying and crying. And I just, they remained friends. And now years later they started dating and they're engaged and I am so happy for both of them and I think that they're probably really well suited for each other and in the best way possible I think Ashley's TV persona is probably a little more intense than in real life she's actually done a lot of charity work she's from the DC area didn't you meet her really excited I straight up did with one of my good friends Um, And we went to, we paid like $35. All of it went to charity. I believe Ashley's dad works for a hospital. Um, And all of it went to this great cause. And we got to like have drinks with the Bachelor cast. And it was so great. Um, And so these are like the the silly little things that she does. But they raise a lot of money. I don't mean to poo-poo this, but... Then don't. It's love. They love each other. Love it. Love, love. Right. But he rejected her so many times. And... For full disclosure, I was at one point a pretty avid tweeter when the show was on. So I, I am aware of these people. I remember watching them on their respective shows, Bachelor, Bachelorette, some Bachelor in Paradise. I just feel like, it, is this going to last? Is this a real thing? I mean, it, it, they clear. Okay, so the, the news that we read on People.com was that they got engaged at the end of the fifth season of, you guessed it, Bachelor in Paradise again. This is like the third or yeah, fourth because time. Because wouldn't you, if they were going to put you on TV and give you a free ring, and they'll pay you for their well, get paid for their wedding? And I did, I did read that you have to stay in your relationship for two years in order to keep the ring. That Neil Lane yeah. provides the rings, but I don't know. It just seems, it just seems like it's not going to last. It's a fake. Okay. Well, let me pose this to you. Okay. When we were first dating. And you had this strong belief that we were meant to be together and that I, you were going to pursue me and I was not ready and I was going through some personal stuff on my own and I kept saying, no, 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 no. And eventually I realized the error of my ways and that I couldn't live without you and now we're married and, and have a beautiful life. Yes, that's fair. So maybe I am the Jared and you, Josh, are Ashley I. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that means it's true love. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe so. <laughs> Can't really argue with that. I don't know if we can really compare them to our own relationship. We but definitely cannot. Nonetheless, I will say I personally am very happy for them and I really hope it lasts. And I really hope we get to watch their wedding on TV, which will definitely be a marquee topic on this podcast if it happens. That so, is a great segue. Yes. Into, into the our marquee topic. We should have a theme song for each of these. Marquee. The marquee topic. We'll work on it. <laughs> so our marquee topic this week is Jurassic Park, which has become a several billion dollar franchise. So before we get into to some of the things here, I want to just... We definitely do not have the rights to that. Stop, I was, I was just <laughs> stop singing songs you don't have the rights to. Oh, sorry. You did it last week too. Well, maybe this will be a thing. You'll sing like a 10 second clip of something every week. 
that if this eventually gets big enough, someone will sue us or something. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so um, the reason I want to talk about this this week is because Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom opens on Friday, June 22nd, which should be the day that this podcast is dropping. It's the second film in the planned Jurassic World trilogy. So Jurassic World came out in the summer of 2015. It grossed more than $1.6 billion in its theatrical run, which made it the fifth highest grossing film of all time. Jurassic World 3, yet untitled, is set to come out three years from now in 2021. Of course, all of this was jump-started by Jurassic Park, which was Steven Spielberg's 1993 smash hit which was actually based on a book by Michael Crichton. And then the 93 movie was followed by the 1997 sequel, The Lost World Jurassic Park, also directed by Steven Spielberg, and then 2001's Jurassic Park 3. So, Maureen, you've seen all four of the movies that are out right now. Yes. We have not seen Fallen Kingdom yet, but I'm sure we will see it once we can get a babysitter. What is your take on the franchise as a whole? I mean, I remember seeing them as a kid. Like, I remember seeing them growing up. I felt like that was, like, my scare tolerance. Like, that was pretty scary for me. But I have a soft spot in my heart for Jurassic Park. I think it's a classic, and especially of our generation as, you know, early 30s. Um, it's like, you know, that came out in, like, a very cool moment of my childhood, and I just have this very soft spot for it. And I also have a soft spot because when Josh and I were on our honeymoon, we went to Hawaii, and we were on the islands of Maui and Kauai. And while we were on Kauai the second week of our honeymoon, um, that's where they filmed Jurassic Park, the first three movies. Um, and, and, and Jurassic World. some At least some of it, yeah. Basically, it felt like we were in Jurassic Park. We rented a Jeep, and we were, like, staying there for the week. And I just remember as we were driving around the, the one road that goes around Kauai, both of us were like, oh, my gosh, we're going to see a raptor come out of the... It really did feel it, like... It was so A cool. dinosaur was going to jump out of the jungles. Yeah. At any moment, And so, obviously. of course, while we were on our honeymoon, we proceeded to watch all three movies. Um, and it was just... I don't know. So I just have this really fun soft spot I think the first one was amazing I don't remember the second one at all the third one was awful and I liked the the world the Jurassic World reboot I I really liked Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard I thought it was nice to have new characters and a new story um and I'm excited to see this one again I think similarly to the way I feel about Legally Blonde 3 this is part of a like cult classic. It's a popcorn movie. Exactly. And I love popcorn at the movies. This is one where you're going to go, you're going to have a good time, you're going to see a, a fun movie. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to win any Oscars, but you're going to really enjoy your night. And I think that that is what entertainment is for. So I'm into it. What do you think? Are you excited for it? Are you anxious about it? I think the way that I feel about the new Jurassic world movie Fallen Kingdom I just I'm I didn't love Jurassic World and I think that part of it is because Jurassic Park the original film is so good for so many different reasons but one of which is that it brought something to life on screen that I just don't think had been done in that way before and the movie mm. was just it was just so New. Yeah, it was so new at the time. And I remember seeing it when I was younger. I think it was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw. And 
there was just something about the suspense that Steven Spielberg was able to build in that movie that has not been matched in the other three that have been released so far. So I just, I don't think that Fallen Kingdom is going to be excellent, but I think it'll probably be fun. It's a definitely going to be a popcorn movie, so I'm excited for that. But I think the reason that these newer movies, and this is definitely a bigger topic that I've read some about, people complain about the CGI in these movies because the original one had some CGI, but a lot of the major dinosaurs in the first movie were actually puppets and robots. So the T-Rex, there's that amazing scene where they're, the cars get stuck outside the T-Rex paddock, the power goes off, and the T-Rex gets out of his cage, essentially. There's this amazing scene, the rain is falling, it's night. That T-Rex was an entirely animatronic creature. And there's just something about that that, that felt very grounded in reality, which is so weird to say because it's about dinosaurs in modern times. But there's something about the way that characters who are CG creations in movies today react in environments that makes them feel not real for mm. like it's like they don't they don't adhere to the rules of gravity so you know there's just like explosions and and things falling and nothing feels like it's grounded in reality and I'm these now movies- picturing dinosaurs in spacesuits once you said they didn't adhere to the <laughs> to gravity but I think that could be the next Jurassic out of this world. You know, oh, like once we okay. get to once these three happen. So the next after trilogy. 2021, yeah, the next trilogy, the next trilogy. after that Jurassic out, out of, of this, this world. world. Yeah. We don't adhere to gravity. No, the dinosaurs don't. Adhere Can't to, hold us down. Can't hold us down. Hashtag dinos in space. Okay, we're going to start writing this movie. I feel very inspired. Jurassic out of this world. Yes. So what? We have dinosaurs being blasted into space or they're on the moon. Somehow they're already in space. But are they on a planet or are they floating, like literally floating well, in space? This is Spielberg to decide. I don't know. We're just, okay. we're just laying the groundwork here. Because it would be kind of cool if the dinosaurs were floating in space and they attacked rockets. You know, like humans were in rockets. Wow. We're getting... We're getting crazy. We're getting really crazy. I like it. Okay. So getting us back on topic a little bit. I think you have a good point, though. I mean, not to... I did think about dinosaurs in space when you started talking about gravity, but I think you were making a good point that there was something about the first one that felt real. And because it was the first in this new epic story, you didn't know what to expect. You, you Everything was new. It was that that sense of novelty that kind of kept you on your toes that, that you can't recreate in a second or third or even in the first of a new trilogy. So I think your point is well taken, Josh, that all of the other movies are kind of climbing uphill to achieve what that first one. Well, it's so interesting because to me, I'm with you. For the most part, sequels tend to have a lot of work to do to match the original. But there are definitely some sequels that outpace the original. We should do a whole thing on... The Incredibles 2, apparently. Apparently. But I mean, not even in terms of box office or or financial returns, but even in terms of quality. So maybe we should Can do Can you think a, of one off, your, off the top of your head? Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man 2, the original trilogy, with uh, the one that starred Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker Spider-Man. The second one, I think because they'd done a lot of the work in terms of setting the groundwork for Spider-Man, they just had a lot more room to expand the universe. I think the second Captain America movie was better. The Winter Soldier was better than Captain America, the first Avenger. 
Uh, what number was Thor Ragnarok? That was number that three. One. That was number three. But I do think that it's possible to build. I just think that part of the problem with the Jurassic Park franchise is that they're trying to do too much of the same thing over and over again. So I'll be interested to see Fallen Kingdom and see if see if it holds up, see if it does something new and exciting. I think one of the other things, too, about Jurassic World is that I, I really like Chris Pratt as an actor. I think he's funny. But I think part of the problem is is that the I think that they're misusing him in this in this franchise because he's mostly a comedic actor. And when he tries to do dramatic stuff, I think people expect him to fall back and be comedic, which is what they have him do. But it just doesn't really fit this. I think there's definitely room for comedy in a movie like this. But do you see that at all with him? I mean, I don't know. I, I'll i be interested to see this one. I don't, honestly, I don't remember much more than his muscles from the first movie because he is incredibly attractive and it's like raining and he's fighting dinosaurs the whole time. So yeah. he's a very clear hero. Um, I don't remember much about his acting. I, well, so this... I'll need to go back and watch Jurassic World again and I'll be interested to see this new one. But I, I mean, at the, at a certain point, that's on the writers because the the way that they're writing him is the way he's going to have to play it. Um, but I think that's an interesting point that if you know the actor you've cast has a certain talent. Is there a way to kind of play to his strengths to make the character a little bit more believable? Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap this up. But before we do, Maureen, obviously I think we would both pick Jurassic Park as the original, as our favorite of the four. So putting that aside, can you pick a favorite of the other three? And I'll do the same. I don't even remember number two, and number three was bad. So I'm going to say Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Okay, I'm going to say number two. I actually did like that one. So that one, uh, Jeff Goldblum comes back. He's now the main character. You had me at more Jeff Goldblum because I really like him. It's funny because you said you you said you didn't remember the second one, and I don't really remember the third one except for this absolutely ridiculous part where Sam Neill's character is daydreaming or or he's dreaming and there's a raptor that like comes to life and says his name and it's so goofy but i do remember it so you know that's something that is something let's move on to teasers yeah we'll move on to teasers but just so you know all the jurassic park movies i think with the exception of jurassic world will be on netflix starting july 1st if you want to check them out and speaking of netflix both of our teasers have to do with netflix yeah maureen why don't you kick us off with your teaser for this week i'm so excited I'm so excited about my teaser. So as Josh mentioned, I have had strep throat slash the plague for the past six days, and it has been a really rough time in our house. Um, but we have survived with Josh's help and care. And the plus I, side, the was... plus side was I got to watch a lot of TV. I was thinking about this podcast the whole time, and I had a hard time deciding which thing I wanted my teaser to be. But ultimately, I ended up. I really want to recommend as my teaser, set it up which is Netflix's newest romantic comedy. It was so funny. I was laughing out loud through my misery. Like, we're talking 102 fever here. I was kind of delirious. But this this movie was so good. It was better than a lot of the romantic comedies that I've seen in theaters. And I try to see almost every romantic comedy that is billed, you know, as like, oh, they're going to fall in love and it's going to be funny. And it, that's right up my alley. I try to see them all. This one on Netflix was... 
one of the best I've seen in the past couple of years. So set it up. It's starring Zoe Dooch, Glenn Powell, Lucy Liu, and Tay Diggs, um, directed by Claire Scanlon and written by Katie Silberman. So women leading the team there, which I love. Didn't know until I was looking it up to talk about it here. Um, and I want to mention that the director, Claire, has 26 director credits, according to her IMDb um, profile, but this is her first film. So this is her first time directing not a TV series, which is just so awesome to me that it was such a success. Um, I think it's getting a lot of acclaim. People are starting to buzz about it. I literally just happened upon it as I was like, Netflix, what else can you show me? I'm sad and sick. And this was recommended for me. So of course I watched it. Um, it's basically the story of two assistants who are in their mid to late 20s and their bosses are horrible and they try to set their bosses up to get a little bit more free time. It sounds very kitschy and very predictable and in some ways it is but it's it's so smartly written. It has acerbic moments and it has um, a little bit of I want to say a realness and almost a crassness at times that makes it feel more real, unlike some of the more cheesier romantic comedies and some of like the Hallmark movies, which I always want to love, but are usually like a bit hollow. Um, so set it up is worth the watch. I highly recommend it. I would say it's not safe for kids. Definitely watch it as more of like an adult night. Um, maybe some older kids. Um, but it's really funny, really smart, and I'm really like proud of Netflix. So check it out and let us know what you think. All right, Josh, what is your teaser for the week? Okay, my teaser for the week is, again, from Netflix. So this is a Netflix original series. Netflix, you're crushing it. Yeah, they are crushing it. The series is called Love. It was created by Paul Rust, his wife Leslie Arfin, and Judd Apatow, who you may know from films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, he was a producer on Superbad. He's like a comedy legend at this point. But anyway, this this show stars Paul Rust as Gus and Gillian Jacobs as Mickey. Gillian Jacobs was also on Community. If you ever saw that, she played Britta. I don't think I'd seen Paul Rust in anything before, but he's a uh, he's I think he's primarily worked as a writer and a comedian. But this is just a really fun look at dating and love and the complexity of relationships. And I really didn't like the series when I first checked it out. I think Maureen and I watched the pilot a couple years ago when it first came out. And the pilot is a little bit slow. It sets up the whole series. And I think we gave up after that. But for some reason, I think I saw an article when the third season came out recently. And I thought, I'll just give this a shot again. And I started watching it again. And I just fell in love with the show, pun definitely intended, just in case you were wondering. There are three seasons, and they're all streaming on Netflix now. It just is a show that just felt very real to me in terms of showing the a relationship blossom and the trials and tribulations. And it's also really funny, and the acting and writing is really, really good. So I definitely recommend it, but I will caution uh, it's definitely for mature audiences only, definitely not for kids. So uh, parents out there or single people or couples, get into it. It's really good. All right, that will do it for this week. Yay! Yeah, so that is another episode in the bag. We want to say to you all, our listeners, that we do have an email address that you can reach us. The email address is 
thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. So please send us questions, feedback. We're going to set up some way for you to leave comments on each episode so that we can engage more directly with you. But we're working on that. But for now, email us and we'd love to answer questions if you have any. If or anybody... share content that you think that we should take a look at. Yeah. Or, or topics you want us to talk about. Um, we don't know if anybody's listening, but if they are, we hope that you get in touch with us. We'll be back next week from our bedroom floor again, where we record these podcasts. We'll talk pop culture again. Thanks for being here and go check out some good things on TV and in the movies. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.